Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. This happened when I was 17 years old. I'm 20 now. I'm from Bosnia and I used to go fishing with my friends whenever I could. When the summer break began, we used to explore many rivers. Usually, we would encounter animals or people, but nothing special. Keep in mind, too, that legal driving age in Bosnia is 18, so we would usually take a bus to a location or just walk it. One night, though, me and my friends sat on a bus and went to a city not too far away. I won't tell you the name because it's a small country, and I've always had a bit of a phobia of someone from the internet finding me. And anyways... We arrived and before exiting the bus, an old creepy drunk guy said something along the lines of, you boys going fishing? To which I replied, yeah, in the lake, and I gave the name. He added, well, good luck then, I hope you catch some fish, with a really creepy laugh tacked on at the end. We arrived at the lake, which was very beautiful, and we started fishing. At around 1.30 after we had had some beers, we could hear arguing in the distance. One of my friends took a flashlight and shined it into the distance and as he went over a bush, somebody clearly was crouching down in it. As there were many of us, we weren't really too scared. Me and the friend with the flashlight went to investigate it while the others stayed near the campfire. Upon arriving to the bush, we spotted the same old drunk guy crawling in the grass. We asked him what he was doing to which he replied that he was hunting. We didn't see any weapon on him whatsoever, so I proceeded to ask him, what are you hunting without a weapon for? He got up and said, look, this is a coincidence, I'm going to get going, while sort of stumbling away. We returned and we tried to enjoy the rest of the night. At around 4am we heard somebody angrily shouting in the distance again. We turned around to spot this buff guy in a black shirt covered in tattoos. Behind him was the old guy. What do you think you're doing on my property? He said to us. Sir, we were fishing and we didn't know this property was yours. In the argument, I could see my friends packing the fishing rods and all the things that we brought. 
My friends made a run for it to the forest, leaving me and my other friend there. Okay, you're going to call your friends and tell them to come back or else you're not leaving, says the buff guy. I, of course, didn't want to do that as I did nothing wrong. We were quiet, just sort of talking, doing nothing to disturb anyone, and plus the river was like 300 meters away from any houses. My friend tells the man that we're going and starts to walk. But this is where it gets scary. The dude grabs my friend by the neck and starts arguing with him. I jumped in and hit the guy in the face and started running towards the road. He lets go of my friend and chases after me. And after running for about a minute, the dude gets tired. I end up exiting the trees and go into the street. I wait on a bench for some time and see my friend coming. He sits next to me and tells me that when the dude started chasing me, the old guy jumped on him with a hunting knife. He thankfully missed my friend and he ended up pushing the dude and running as well. We called the cops after that, obviously. A patrol came and we gave our statement. We called our other friends and ended up meeting up with them. The cops explained to us that the part where we had apparently been was private property, but again, the fact that the guy grabbed my friend by the neck was not how he should have reacted. We ended up going home, and nowadays we just sort of laugh at this story, but to be honest, it was a really close call. So, I want to share a story of an old house that I lived in when I was younger. It's a bit of a long one, so do brace yourselves. We moved in there as a family, my parents, my brother and I, when I was around seven. It was a semi-detached UK house with two bedrooms and a loft. The bedroom my brother and I shared had access to the loft, via a standard door and a staircase leading up to a large loft ensuite. My father used to sleep and work there before he moved out, as my parents were separated for a long time before their divorce. While he still lived there, however, I became accustomed to the sounds of him walking in the loft and down the stairs to me in my brother's bedroom. This is important for later, so keep that in mind. Again, I knew inside out what footsteps sounded like when someone was in the loft or walking down the stairs to the bedroom. So... Before my father moved out, a lot of stuff happened between him and my mother, and it was around this time that I remember starting to feel a, a deeply troubling energy whenever I was in the house. After he had left, I still continued to hear the footsteps of someone pacing up and down the loft, and sometimes even down the staircase to the door where my brother and my bedroom was. My mother often got up there to use the ensuite, so... There were many occasions where I heard the pacing and went up thinking that I'd find my mother there, but the loft would be empty. I also heard these footsteps a lot in the evenings, all the way from downstairs in the living room. They were always heavy and sometimes would slow down or speed up. I dreaded when my mother would send me up there to get some wrapping paper or something else. I distinctly remember walking up to the landing with the main bathroom, master bedroom, and my bedroom while still hearing these footsteps going back and forth. I'd reach the attic door and the minute that I would open it, they would always stop. Sometimes when I felt brave, I'd do a sort of thorough check of the loft space and ensuite, again finding nobody there. This went on for months too, maybe even a year. And to add to the footsteps, the door which led to the loft began to sometimes open slightly and then slam shut. I put it down to the draft, despite no windows being open and despite the force in which it would slam too. 
I also deeply considered that an eight-year-old was going crazy at the time. I thought maybe the divorce and the negative experiences in the house were making me see and hear things and I was resolved to confide in my mother for help, which I didn't. One day though, my mother wanted to go for food shopping. There was a safe way about a 40-minute walk away from the house, but on that specific day, I was too tired to do the 40-minute walk and threw a tantrum adamant that I was going to stay home by myself. My brother and my mum left and I sat down on the sofa to watch some TV. The sofa was against the wall of the staircase leading up to the landing with the bedrooms. After about 20 minutes, I began to hear the footsteps pacing in the loft and started getting spooked. I remember thinking, it's all good, they'll stop soon or if they don't, nothing bad will happen. There's nothing up there. And then they started coming down the loft stairs. At this point, I turned the TV volume way up. I consoled myself with the idea that this was just a usual thing and I remember telling myself, it's okay, they'll stay there. But this time, they didn't. I started hearing them heavier, walking across my room. That feeling too, I'll never forget it, was like absolute horror. Like someone was up there and now knew that I was alone. Again though, I thought, okay, as long as they stay a floor above, I'll be good. I calculated in my head that the steps should have reached the top of the staircase leading to my floor by now. I held my breath, heard nothing, and was about to dismiss it all as just stupidity. But then, it started walking slowly but loudly down the stairs just behind me. Now, to the right of me was the door entering the living room and I made the decision that I was not going to look because there was definitely something there and I could hear that there was something there. I started singing to myself, I know, sort of ridiculous, but remember I was eight years old. I sang Twinkle Twinkle Little Star so loudly over and over again and to be honest, I don't really remember too much after that apart from hearing a knock at the door after what felt like literally only a minute. Even though my brother and my mother were probably like only halfway to the Safeway and then opening it to see both my mother and brother back from the shopping. But that was really strange too. It was almost like, I don't know, time had just gone fast or something. The footsteps continued after that though like they did before this day as well as the door slamming. I never told anyone and we moved shortly after. I never brought it up again until I was about 11, but by then I had chalked these events down to my life at that house having a negative effect on my mental health. But my brother and I had gone to dinner with my dad at Pizza Express and we must have been talking spooky things at some point. I thought, uh, why don't I just tell them what I experienced in the house? I told the story in a brief way with not much detail and I look up to see my brother literally go pale. All he said was, I heard them too. And he went on to describe the sound, the speed, the heaviness of the footsteps, the change of the direction, the door slamming, all of it. My father suggested that it was the neighbors due to the house being semi-detached, but even as an eight-year-old, I was thorough. I made sure at the time that I could differentiate from the sounds. I often heard the neighbors running or going up and down the stairs and that just definitely wasn't this. Whatever this was, it was different.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This happened in New York City. Years ago when I was a freshman in college, I was out partying one night with some friends. I wasn't drunk or on any hard drugs or anything, but I definitely smoked a blunt or two. At around 3am we went our separate ways and I got off the train and began walking home. I had to take a longer route home that night because some train lines were under maintenance. When I got off the train I realized that I had to walk past the cemetery and I started to feel a bit uneasy about that but I wasn't afraid for any real reason. It was just sort of like, you know, cemetery is spooky sort of thing. In any case, about 10 blocks and I'm home. I always saw trucks lined up on the cemetery blocks too and being that it was a desolate area, I assumed truckers would park their trucks by the cemetery to take naps or sleep before continuing their routes. Back then I really didn't think too much of it. A few minutes after getting off the train I heard a faint sound of what I guessed was a car or a truck door being shut behind me. I turned around and I didn't see anything. I scanned my surroundings once quickly and didn't see any other people not ahead of me or behind me for as far as I could see anyway. I kept walking, this time a bit faster and about a minute later I hear footsteps behind me. I turned really quickly and I saw a man walking fast a few feet behind me. When he saw me turn, he began catcalling me by making kissing noises too. I was used to these catcalls, especially living in New York City. By my house, there would actually be a line of men on the corner every morning, waiting to be picked up for construction work, and every time I passed them to go to the store, I would get catcalled and a little bit harassed. So, for the most part, I just ignored him like I always did, and I kept walking, but definitely faster this time. A few seconds later, he was running to catch up with me, though, and he was now at my side speaking to me in Spanish, which I don't speak. He grabbed my arm tightly and began pulling me toward him. When I started screaming and fighting him off, he pushed me up against the cemetery fence and in the midst of this, my heart sunk to the floor as I thought that I was about to be assaulted, or perhaps worse. Seconds later, he had me off my feet by both arms, but then I noticed his face turned completely white in the moonlight. It was a face of pure horror as he seemed to be looking past me into the cemetery, fixated on something. He let out a blood-curdling scream and he let me go. As I dropped to the ground and looked up, he was already across the street and running out of sight. Choking on tears, shaking beside myself, I picked myself up and I ran as fast as the last few blocks to my house as I could. 
I didn't turn to look inside that cemetery once. I did not turn around at all, in fact. I didn't stop until I was home. To this day, I really don't know what happened that night, and it's always perplexed me. I never took that train again or walked past that cemetery either, and to be honest, I, I never told my parents to, and only told a, a handful of friends over the years, because to this day, like I said, I still don't understand what actually happened. But what I do know is that something probably saved my life that night. So, I've been stressed the past few weeks. My mind is in deep thought over what happened during winter last year. I'm no stranger to hearing or seeing things too. Of course, I never felt a reason to tell anyone my experiences because there's always uncertainty behind what is seen or heard. A what if, if you will. Anyway, I'm from Texas and at the time I lived inside a house that had no central cooling with the temperature of the house being the outside temp or close to it most of the time. During last winter, it had been freezing outside. The weeks before that day, I kept hearing what sounded like someone calling my name throughout the house whenever no one was home though. It was subtle, so I didn't think too much of it, always thinking that maybe I was just hearing things. My parents had just left the store for the groceries that day while I felt a little uncomfortable being alone due to hearing a voice calling my name. But at the time, I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? I hear my voice being called, I'll go and look, see nothing and watch the TV. Simple I thought. So they left the house and the house temperature felt extremely cold that day. So I laid back on the recliner that we had and put on a classic movie, covered myself in a blanket while wearing pajamas and a sweater, as comfortable as I could get. I remember feeling sleepy after getting comfortable, but then it happened. I heard a a guy's voice call my name. I pumped myself up. I said, let's do this. Got up, walked around the house. It's daylight outside, by the way, snowing too, and saw nothing like I expected. However, how could I get comfortable again, knowing once I relaxed that I would hear something again? We've all seen the movies where the person relaxes and thinks, I can let my guard down again, and everything goes downhill, right? So I made a deal with myself. I'll record myself sleeping. Either nothing will happen and I'll fall asleep or I'll finally record it to show my parents that I'm not crazy. It's a win-win deal. Sadly, the outcome was what I hoped wouldn't happen. I put my phone onto a table that's used for drinks near the recliner, set it to record myself on the couch, slowly drifting off into sleep thinking nothing will happen while it's recording. I woke up what seemed to be maybe half an hour to an hour later to a loud crying from a woman's voice. Me being sort of drowsy, I looked around to find the source of the noise and there was a hole beside the recliner. And I know it sounds weird, but the owner didn't lay the floorboard down correctly and it eventually broke. So we put a temporary board over the broke part, but it left a, a sort of small little hole because it didn't exactly fit. And the crying was coming from beside me and in exactly that direction of the hole. I looked directly at it, realizing what was happening, jumped straight up and backed away in shock. The sound faded. 
I questioned if what I had just heard could have been my waking up from a lingering dream or something, but the only way to confirm it is to check the recording still going. I collected my phone from the table, paused the recording. Thoughts ran through my mind while getting my headphones to listen closely. I thought, one, I'm going to hear nothing and realize that it was only a lingering dream, sit back down and laugh off my paranoia. Or two, I will hear it and confirm a dreading truth. I went outside because I didn't feel exactly comfortable inside anymore. The temperature was around 20 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, I know, it's probably not that cold to some, but in Texas, it's normally like 100 to 110 degrees. Even the power went out a few times during the winter for a good part of Texas. They weren't prepared for snowy weather. But I sat on the porch, headphones on, fast-forwarding the video until I saw myself waking up and rewinded a few minutes before to see the truth. My heart raced with anxiety as I watched. In the video, I slept like normal, but then a noise came into the audio. It sounded like a, an eerie whine that became louder until the audio started cutting in and out like distortion. In the video, I woke up to the noise and looked around with sleepy eyes before looking at the floor and jumped up. I got chills at that and I waited outside in the freezing cold waiting for my parents to come home. I didn't want to go back inside. What I did next, I'll have to explain my reasoning too. You see, I've been through a lot. Near-death experiences plenty. Poverty, an abusive father, and terminally ill mother. Yes, the parent that I have is my stepfather. I wasn't really scared of too much back in those days, and I always thought that it was best to face my fear anyway. So I calmed down, and I went back inside. I went to the living room where it happened, and I closed my eyes. My brother passed away when I was a teenager, and sometimes when I'm going through hard times, I'll speak to him as if he's there. I said, brother, I don't know what to do. I'm hearing noises and it's weighing on my mind. I can't sleep or relax even in daylight, and I finally have proof that it's not inside my head. I love you and miss you, and I'm going to keep trying. Feeling more relaxed after saying that, I started to say a prayer. I'm a Christian, but I would be lying if I said that I followed my religion to every word. I'm not 100% on who or what God is or what religion is, so I pray pouring my heart out hoping God understands my ignorance and guides me from the trouble. I said in my prayer, please give me guidance, I understand people die and I'm not sure how death works. The crying I heard sounded like a woman in sorrow, it scared me at first. All I can do is pray, not for my own fear, but to show whatever it is, guidance and love. Let it come out from the darkness into your light so that it ceases to suffer any longer. I took a deep breath after that and I opened my eyes. I no longer felt worried too. My heart felt at peace. I realized that sometimes fear is from ignorance of not knowing how it works. I hear a scary crying and think instantly of fear and ghost videos, scary movies, death, but I never think how it must feel to be stuck to a house or feel alone in some dark place, a family member or friend, neighbor to someone at one point. And writing this now, I really don't feel too stressed anymore. But I showed my parents the video and of course they felt fear and weren't sure how to feel about it. I made my final decision to end this story though and I decided it's better to accept what happened and move forward in life as there's too many aspects in life to fully comprehend everything. 
In any case, it really feels good to get this off my chest and whether or not people believe this or not is totally up to them. But I'm just grateful that you stuck around to listen to me and I can finally get some sleep now. Thanks again. So I work for my city's water department. My everyday job consists of repairing leaks or doing new installations for businesses and homes. There are two parts to our water department that keep everything running. Distribution, where I normally work, and production. Production deals with the chemical side of things. They chlorinate the water and do water sample checks. Production is also responsible for all of the upkeep of our water well sites and our water storage facilities, like the tall water towers that you might have seen in your city. And mowing grass is also one of those responsibilities. Both parts of our department are extremely understaffed right now, so we sometimes give the production guys a hand with the grass when they need it. A couple of weeks ago, it was my turn, and here is where the weirdness begins. So, my city is in central Louisiana with a population of about 45,000 people. We're surrounded by a wooded area. No matter which way you travel into or out of town, you're going to see plenty of trees. As such, a lot of our well sites are located out in the boonies. Most of our city's trucks are four-wheel drive with mud grips because it's needed more often than not. In any case, I had four sites to cut that day. I headed out just before sunrise to the one at the end of the sort of long dirt road here where if trouble strikes, your phone better be charged because no one is going to be able to hear you yell for help. Surprisingly, this isn't where my strange encounter took place either. But the sun was rising as I was approaching my first site, and on the road ahead of me stepped out a doe with two fawns. Excitedly, I hurried to snap some pictures. To my surprise though, the mama and her babies were not really afraid of the loud rumbling diesel that I was driving. The speckled fawns made their way across the path as the mum calmly watched me in the truck. Once the babies were safely across, she looked back the way that she had come and then joined the little ones in the tree line on the opposite side of the road. Now, I breezed through my mowing pretty quickly, loaded the equipment back onto the trailer, and texted my mum the pictures of the deer as I headed back into town. My mum messaged me back saying, I've read that deer are an omen of good fortune. Looks like you're going to have a good day. Be safe and I love you. And I did have a great day. I knocked out the two next sites without issue and everything was going really smoothly. That is, until I reached the gate of the last place that I had to mow. McKeithen's site is the biggest one that we have that's closer to town. It's about the size of a football field. It's not in the middle of nowhere, but it's definitely on the outskirts of the city. There's normally plenty of traffic that travels the road there, so there's really no feeling of seclusion, even though it's surrounded by thick woods on three sides. I've cut this spot plenty of times though, but that day, that day felt different. I pulled the truck through and hopped out to lock the gate behind me, Immediately too, I felt like I needed to get back into the truck as quick as I could. I made my way down the driveway to park near the tower like I have many times before. But after I parked and killed the truck, everything just felt really heavy and really silent too. I don't know how long I sat until I was able to will myself to open the door and get out. Instantly though, I felt eyes on me. The feeling was coming from the back right corner of the field outside of the fence just in the tree line where the palmetto bushes grow. 
I calmed my nerves and reminded myself that I was surrounded by an eight-foot unclimbable fence with gate locked and everything. So yeah, if someone had a gun, then they could have shot me if they wanted to, I suppose, but they weren't going to actually get to me. If the barbed wire at the top of the fence didn't get them, a face full of weed eater, string blades would. So I jumped on the zero turn and took off mowing, keeping an eye on the back corner during every pass. After about two hours, it took multiple runs due to the overgrowth. I had the entire front mode and it was time to hit the back by the creepy corner. I was about to head that way too, but the mower blades just wouldn't engage. I had to take covers off, pull grass out of the belts and rip grass out from under the deck. I had to grease the pulleys and do all sorts of troubleshooting. I finally got the blades going, but then the gaslight came on. I didn't realize it until later, but I don't know. It felt like something was doing everything that it could to keep me from going to that part of the lot. I finally got everything up and running though and mowed the back as quickly as possible, doing everything that I could to keep my sight on the fence. I finally got done, loaded the mower. I still had to do a little bit of weed eating, but that was about it. But when the weed eater wouldn't start, I knew then that it was time to go. I hadn't had an issue with it all day, but that was the last hint that I needed to get out of there. So after pulling out of the gate and locking it behind me, I turned out into the highway to head home, but not before looking at the back corner one last time. So after pulling out of the gate and locking it behind me, I turned out onto the highway to head home, but not before looking back at the corner one last time. And that was when I finally saw it. The unmistakable shadow of a figure standing in the palmettos. It wasn't trying to hide or make itself unseen. It was there for sure. Being at a, a safe distance from it too, I stopped and watched. And it moved. It moved to the side as if it were bending to try and see me better at the road. Now, it had no distinguishing features. No hair, no clothes. Just a sort of person-shaped mass. I decided to get as far away from there as I could. The thought that I could have been so close to it for so long and never saw it really sent chills to my core. It obviously also confirmed to me the feelings that I had the whole time that I was there. I called my mum later that night and told her what had happened. And she told me that she did some more reading about seeing the deer and learned that they are a sign of protection. Some people believe that a deer means that a higher power is watching over you. I don't know about all that, but... After my mum told me that, I couldn't help but think, what if I had not seen the deer that morning? Would I have even seen the shadow? Would it have been able to do something to me? Why did it choose to show itself to me right at the end there? Is there something about me or is it tied to that part of the woods? A thousand questions were running through my head, obviously, but my mum texted me even later that night. She was sitting out on her back steps on my little old hometown when she heard some rustling near her storage shed. She shone her phone light into the dark and what stands there but a deer. Now, deer had never come into the backyard before like that. But that night, a large deer stood tall staring back at my mum. She told me that she felt like it was there as if to say, It's okay, he's safe, don't worry, we got him. But... Anyway, like I said, I don't know about any of that, but what I do know is that I saw something strange that day. I don't know what it was, I don't know what it was doing there, but 
It was definitely there and it gave me the creeps. I've always been a, a fan of camping. Since I, currently 22 and male, was a child, the forest was pretty much like my second home. And so I decided my roommate, who happens to be one of my best friends, should definitely try it out too and, of course, he agreed. We chose a spot in a forest in the north of our country, close to my parents' native town. During the day, everything was normal and we actually had quite a lot of fun. But what happened, happened at night at around 3am though. We were awoken up by, I don't know, what seemed to be the sound of people singing. Now, I swear that we hadn't brought much alcohol and we definitely don't do any drugs, so this was pretty much as weird as it gets. But it almost seemed like a religious chant or something. Of course, we immediately got out of the tent to see what was going on. There was nothing around us, as far as my friend's awful flashlight could show us anyway. The singing was further away, but not too far from what I could tell. We didn't actually have time to think whether we wanted to go and check it out or go back to sleep though because a mere few moments later, something really quickly ran right beside me. It was literally like a wind breeze, but strong enough to actually knock my friend off his feet. I still have no idea what it was, but I swear to you here and now that when I looked in the direction it went, I swear that I saw a naked man over two meters tall. It was only a second though, Afterwards, it disappeared. I went to check on my friend and he was unconscious. Of course, I immediately panicked and ran for a place with at least one bar on my phone so that I could call for help. I found a spot and I began dialing and I'm quite certain I saw a hooded person stalking me 10 meters away. But he also disappeared quickly. I assumed this one was because of adrenaline rushing through my veins and the darkness surrounding everything. I probably just saw something, but I rushed back to my friend and stood there until the authorities arrived. As I'm telling you this, it's been over two weeks since then. My friend went into a coma, but the doctors are optimistic. And like I said, I still have no idea what the heck that was. I don't know whether the hooded man was real or a figment of my imagination, but the tall naked guy, he was definitely real. I'm sure of that. As you can imagine though, I don't know what to make of any of this. If you have any idea of what this could have been, then I would love to hear it. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.